Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello. Today we have Allison Bruning with us, and I'm going to turn time over to her to introduce herself. Hey, everybody. Um, as you said, my name is Allison Bruning, and I am the principal of Academic Warriors. We're an online platform for homeschool families who have autistic, gifted, and special needs students. Um, we offer a private school option. We also have courses and programs, and we even have a publishing house attached to our um, to our organization, which allows kids to publish their novels and children's books and shorts and receive royalties from off of that as well. Wow, that sounds amazing. So how old were you when you were diagnosed with autism? I actually was in my 20s um, when I grew when I was, I was raised in Ohio, and when I was growing up, they noticed that I had a learning disability in math, and that I had some quirks, but no one had ever talked about autism in my family. Um, it was kind of a hush-hush secret, um, and they tried different things when I was growing up. They noticed that um, I was really, really smart, so I had teachers who said, wow, she's, she's gifted, she's really intelligent, and then I had teachers that focused on the learning disability. Um, and then I had some teachers that said I was socially awkward, even though like I, I grew up like doing Girl Scouts, 4-H, I was on stage a lot, um, I was backpacking, hiking, rappelling, camping, doing, I was very active, I even played on, I played soccer from first grade all the way to JV, and uh, I did cross-country and track, so I was, I was out there, so the idea of autism wasn't something that was thought of, um, I married, I got married uh, to a nurse, and um, said, there's something off about you. And I said, I know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I can't figure it out. And so um, I uh, we went and got tested. And, well, before we got tested, we went to Ohio, because my husband's from Texas, so we're in Texas. Um, and uh, my, my uncle told me, I bet you don't know the secret. And I said, what's the family secret? What are you talking about, family secret? He said, there's a family secret. He said, there's autism in the family. I have it. Your grandmother had it. Your cousins have it. And it's all over the family. And I'm the first to be diagnosed with it. And he told us, he said, you have all the markers uh, that I have. Go get tested. I bet you will find that that's probably what it is. So we went and we got tested, and the lady came back, and she said, your IQ is off the charts. <laughs> she said, um, she said it's, a, it's 130, and she says, I know you have autism, but um, I'm not going to diagnose you with it because I'm not actually an adult person. I can't actually diagnose adults. I can only do children. So I was devastated, and I just gave up, but my uncle said, that IQ does not sound right. And uh, what she told you is not right either. Go back. Find someone else. And I was like, really, Uncle Jeff? And he was like, go, go. It will help you. So I, we went to a second one. And she tells the same thing. She says, your IQ is off the charts. And I said, I, I know it's 130. She says, no, it is not. It's higher. It's 140. And, I, and I'm an educator. So I was like, holy smokes. A hundred and... 
then there's profoundly gifted, and then there's genius. And genius starts at 140. So I was like, are, are you sure? Can you go check those again, please? I have a learning disability. And she says, yes, I know you do. But just because you have a learning disability doesn't mean you can't be a genius. Most geniuses have learning disabilities. And so um, I said, what about the autism? She says, you have everything. You're what we call spatially gifted. And I didn't know what spatially gifted was, so I asked her. And she said, spatially gifted means that you excel in languages, literature, and the arts. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and she said that um, I, did have, I do have autism. She says, you have autism, but I'm going to give you a I, – I look at symptoms. I'm like, but you didn't say I have it on this. You say I have the symptoms. She says, well, I'm not going to – I know you have it. She says, I'm not going to label it with you. Because you're an adult and you'll never get a job with a with a label of autism. And she says you need to be working. You need to be teaching. Because you're you're a good teacher. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, so we came down here to Texas years later, and I went back to my family doctor I've had since I was in college. And he heard that I told him what had happened. He said, nope. Do you want me to put autism on the record? He says, because, you know, if they're all telling you the same thing, you need to have the proper diagnosis. And so it took me years, but I finally got the correct diagnosis. Wow. That's an amazing story. <laughs> the sad part is, is there's a lot of adults like me that are that have it, but don't, they don't get the diagnosis. Or they try to get the diagnosis, but they won't give them the label. Oh, wow. When I got diagnosed, which was only last year, uh, they they gave me the label right away. It's so, I I think another problem we have in society is when we think autism, we think that like uh, it should be one thing. We don't realize that autism is a spectrum. You know, when I was diagnosed, I was diagnosed with Asperger's. Asperger's wasn't autism. My my uncle has Asperger's. He, he told me Asperger's, 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 Asperger's. Then um, they took the label Asperger's away and they put di- autism. And it really widened the spectrum. A lot of people, when you tell them you have autism, if they don't know anything about autism, they think that you have you can't live by yourself and, you know, you, you, yeah. you can't be productive in society and... There's just so many social um, norms that aren't true about autism. Um, I live by, yes, with Asperger's, I I don't read body language, so I do depend on my husband a lot for that, you know, or if there's a social situation that's going on and I I don't get it, I will talk to my husband advice for autistic people don't give up um i i tell my students all the time the this world is not 
not going to understand you and you're not going to understand the world sometimes. And that is okay. Um, and it, you have to be your true self. You have to be who you are. You as autistic, sometimes we push out there to be like everybody else because we think, well, if I mimic that person, then society will accept me. Or if I say what society wants me to say, then I'll be accepted. But you're only hindering yourself by doing so because you need to show your true colors. You show who you are and be proud of who you are. Everybody's different. Um, and so don't don't give up. And also don't think that you're the only autistic in the world. I cannot tell you how many times students will tell me, uh, there's other autistics in the world, really? Um, <laughs> They, they just think they're by themselves all the time, and it's not true. If you can get into a community with autistics, uh, other autistics around, um, or other people who think like you, and find those friendships, that will help you a great deal. Don't, don't, I mean, even if that means that, you know, you're not physically in front of that person, but you're like on an online group where there's other autistics, and you can find friendships that way, you know, just take it slowly, and and get out there and meet other people who are autistic and understand that you can be yourself. Um, so what is Academic Warriors? Academic Warriors is an online um, educational platform. Uh, we work specifically with autistic, special needs, and gifted students. And, and it's all around the world. We have, um, we have a lot of students who are in homeschooled and... Um, some of our students have been in private and public school, but a majority of our students are homeschooled. And uh, we offer consultations, free educational consultations to parents who sign their kids up for our membership on our platform. Um, we've also been working with Scholastic. Uh, Scholastic recognizes us as a private school. Um, Pizza Hut, um, they have the uh, Book It program here in the United States. They recognize us as well. Um, and some other organizations have graciously donated their curriculum. And what we do is uh, we use this platform, Zoom, to show to have a live classroom setting where kids can meet other kids around the world that are like them, and, the, and they have a teacher that's teaching them. Oh, um, nice. We're also working with a company based out of Canada called Classcraft, and they do um, – they have this platform where the kids can create their own superhero. So they can be a warrior, a mage, or a healer. They create their own character, and their homework is in um, And they can earn points and powers, and we teach them socialization skills. So um, we not only focus on the academics, we're, we're helping them mentally. Um, we're helping with social skills, critical thinking, analytical thinking. Um, the and not only um, just surviving in the world, but being productive members of their society. Wow, that sounds like a great program. I I was homeschooled when I was a lot younger, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but I would I would have loved to have a program like this. This is really awesome. You know, it was a total fluke that I got it. <laughs> to be honest, um, I was working on my PhD at the time. Um, and I got halfway through my program and I was at the point where you start looking for your thesis project. And, um, I, my question at that time, and I was doing a lot of 
worry because of the new autistic diagnosis and stuff. And so my question was, where are all the adult autistics? Why do we hear all about the kids, but we never hear about the adults? Yeah. The gifted autistic special needs. Where are they? And my research showed that half of our population commits suicide by 18. Wow. And of the remaining half that survives, the remaining half of the remaining half is going to be incarcerated, uh, have an addiction, the drugs or alcohol or whatnot, uh, or be killed due to risky behaviors. My husband was a correctional nurse for many years. And so I, I asked him, I said, is this true? These, these stats can't be true. My population didn't, really? And, and, he, and he turned, he looked at it and he turned at me and he said, it is absolutely true, Allison. He says, he said, the majority of Americans in prisons are gifted or autistic. He said, you should think, see all the stuff they come up with. Wow. And so I was like, okay, well, if you have a problem, then surely you have a solution for that problem. I mean, that's just common sense. And so I researched, and I was like, okay, what are, what are people doing to solve this problem that we see in our society? And I found absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. And I was so appalled. I told my husband, I said, I can't believe we know the statistics, and we know it's happening with my population, and we are just letting the population die. You know, as, as the population gets older and older, we lose more and more and more of these amazing people. And um, I told him, I said, I know I'm almost to the end of my program. I'm halfway through, but what do you think about me postponing my PhD and opening a service for these guys? And he was like, you got to follow at your heart. You got to follow your heart, Allison. And so I opened Academic Warriors three years ago. Nice. And, and um we we have had we have when I opened it I had students in Australia and England and all over the place and I asked one of my English parents I said this this is an American problem she said no Allison this is not just an American problem this is why I pulled my daughter out of school in England because England has the same problem and I was like are you kidding and she said no so at that time I had parents in New Zealand and Australia and my thinking was okay Surely, if it's in two countries, it cannot be else. It, it can't be just two countries. So my Eng my Australian parents and my parents in New Zealand told me the exact same thing. Wow. This is not a worldwide problem. Countries around the world do not know what to do with our population. So well, that's so I crazy. That. Yeah, I um. I don't tell a lot of people this, but uh, my listeners, they know I had a drug problem when I was younger, and I had multiple suicide attempts, and I'm still here. <laughs> mm -hmm. The thoughts of suicide did go through my head. I mean, I had a rough childhood. Both my parents were addicts. My, I lost my dad when I was nine. Um, my mom has Munchausen syndrome, so she's... She had me drugged up on all kinds of stuff. And, oh, wow. And it was, it was my husband who saved me, actually, from all of that. And um, uh, he is such a lifesaver. I, I, we've been married to, for 17 years. So, nice. Um, yeah. And uh, it's I, I, went, I went through a dark time, too, when I went in college. When I was in high school, um, it was...
was really hard for me because in Ohio, Ohio school systems are completely different in Texas. We don't have like in a, in the states we don't have like a standardized uh, educational plan. Um, the states are in charge of their own educational system. So in Ohio, when your middle school years, you start they start career exploration. And so I knew I wanted to be an archaeologist. I just I was like I was I was going to be an archaeologist. So uh, I chose the college path. My plan was to be in college and go to the community college in town and then go to Ohio State University. Well, my school system helped me out with that. I took some of my high school classes in junior high. Um, and I would have been halfway in college. I would have done half day in college and half day at, in um, high school my junior year and then completely in college my senior year. But my mom made the mistake of moving to Texas between my sophomore and junior year while, while I was a foreign exchange student to Costa Rica. And it was when we got to Texas, they couldn't. They looked at my transcript and they wanted to um, keep me. They, they didn't know what to do with me because I took geology my freshman year, oceanography my sophomore year. I was getting ready to do applied physics my junior year. They didn't have any of those courses. Oh, wow. And they were like, we don't know what to do with her. Her classes are too high for our school system. And uh, so they wanted to keep me back. So I got depressed and suicidal and in um, my junior and senior year. Yeah, so I completely understand. And I never did become an archaeologist. I mean, I have a degree in it. I've been on five archaeological digs and a paleontological dig. But um, <laughs> I'm actually uh, a teacher. So, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. So I'm a teacher and a, and a best-selling historical historical romance writer. Um, and my mentor is Nate Orlewick. And if that name sounds familiar, uh, he's been on the History Channel uh, oh, wow. Travel Channel. Yeah, he's the one that came up with the theory that John Wilkes Booth did not die in Garrett's barn. So, yeah, <laughs> I've been on his team for a while now. Yeah. Nice. Does um, being autistic give you advantage over your field of work? I believe so. Um, I think the I think the autism helps a little bit. Be, well, it helps a great deal because I can understand my students. Yeah, I think one of the problems we have is that our teachers don't understand autistic, gifted, and special needs. It's not their fault. You know, one thing we all have to realize is that it's not the teacher's fault. Uh, when we go to get our teacher certification process, um, you know, you go through your teacher certification for like a two years, two to four years, you know, and yeah. I, I did, I did what's called a post back. I already had my, um, bachelor's and I went back to go work on my master's and I got a teacher certificate while I was working on my master's. So that's why it's called post back. Um, but even if I wasn't post back and I just went straight through, think about all the times we're training to be teachers. You only get three hours and I'm not talking three credit hours. I'm talking like physically three hours of training on, on autistic special needs and gifted. Oh, wow. Because you're told you're going to have them in your classroom. But if you want to help, if you want to specialize in that, go be a special ed teacher. Then, and I'm a generalist. I, I had that option to go become a special ed teacher, but at the time that I was training, I didn't want to be a special ed teacher. 
needed to teach second grade. So um, I didn't opt for that. But that's why your teachers don't know anything. And they might know a little bit. Like um, every year we have to take certain CEU hours, meaning we have to take continuing education courses to keep up, you know, keep our minds fresh on these students and everything. And you can take continuing education in special ed. But even, I, I know in the state of Texas, you have to. But even at that, the state of Texas is only giving you four to six hours of training in special ed for one year. That's not. It's not enough to understand these autistic kids. So that's, I think having autism really helps me as a teacher because I understand where those kids are coming from. I, I understand their mental their mind, their thinking, how they're processing information, because I've, I'm, I'm there with yeah. them. Um, is it hard to run an online school and being autistic? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like I said, I've done plenty of public appearances, and I mean, I've done my book signings for my, for my writing career, and, um, but, you know, being autistic, we, we really are not social people. I mean, we can be. Um, you know, autism in women and girls is actually exhibited different than boys. Uh, girls are a little bit more social on the spectrum than the boys are. Um, because of our biological makeup and, you know, so. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think that's my saving grace, to be honest, <laughs> is that I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> because I do get these moments where I I'm just done with people. <laughs> I just and I have to chill out. Uh, but I can get overworked sometimes. You know, a lot of times um, you'll have people go, "Oh, you just teach online," and I'm like, uh, "I'm the principal of the school. I'm not just teaching online. If I'm not teaching online, then I'm I'm doing everything I can to run this business. You know, education is a business." Yeah. It really is. Even your public schools is a business. You have to run it like a business. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way corporate America is. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I have my moments where where sometimes I question, why in the world am I doing this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I sit back and I, I think and I, I, I calm down a little bit and, you know, my husband he is is really really important to me as an autistic business owner because I can have situations with parents that sometimes I don't know what I, I don't get it and I'll just bounce it off of him because um, he's not autistic he's gifted but he's not and he has ADHD so but he understands people more than I do yeah I totally I totally get you run this podcast. And then I run another, I run um, a recording studio besides the podcast, and I use my wife all the time, all the time. And there's times where I throw my hands up in the air, I have my meltdowns, like, man, I just quit, I quit, and then I'll calm down, and then, no, I'm. this is why I'm doing it, and so I got to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, my meltdowns haven't been as severe as they were. They used to be much worse, but that's because we didn't know about the autism. We didn't know what was yeah. causing them, you know. We and my health was really affected by it because I would get stressed out so easily. Um, and then we found out about the autism, and we made modifications in my life so that I could handle 
uh, life, actually. Um, we I follow a strict routine every day. I have I have a a, a a list of things by every half hour, like on my refrigerator that I check off my list, and then I have a book over here that tells me everything I have to do. And oh, then wow. I have yeah, um, I use FlyLady.net a lot, and um, I had actually we had I was using it for Fiona about the autism and to organize my life and my thinking process. And then Delphine, he said, let's try you off of this because this thing of you timing everything right down the hour is just crazy. Actually, I did that on our honeymoon. I planned our honeymoon like that too. And <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, 9-11 kind of took care of that though. Cause yeah, well, cause we were on our honeymoon during 9-11. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we got stranded in Hawaii. They shut the whole island down. Um, it, it was, yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> nobody has pity for us because we're stranded in Hawaii. So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> They're like, oh, poor kid. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get you. <laughs> um, but he tried We tried it for a year. He's like, let's take you off of all these organizers and see what happens. Um, that didn't last for an entire year. He's like, you got to go back on them. <laughs> you are a mess. Uh, <laughs> I don't get anything done. <laughs> so... So he's like, yeah, this is not working. Uh, so um, I actually contacted flylady.net when I started Academic Warriors, and I told her, I said, you have no idea how much of a godsend you are to autistic people. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I told her what I was doing. She donated her entire curriculum to our school. Wow. Yeah. And so we just it's the same process that I'm using. But uh, we are all super organized in here with my daily life, and and that's, you know, you gotta make the modifications you need to make in order to survive. And don't be shame, don't be shamed at all for any modifications you have to make. Everybody's different. Yeah. In your opinion, what would students gain enrolling in their child in homeschooling, proposed to private school or public school? Uh, 
arts and history, but they're doing third grade language arts, third grade uh, writing, sixth grade reading. Now, had any of them been in a public or private school, they would not, they would not get their stuff scheduled. They wouldn't break it up like that for them. Yeah. I currently have a third grader right now that I'm having to add supplemental classes to in second grade, but he he's on third grade level, but he needs the second grade support to do that level. Um, he can do both. And that's the thing with these kids, these autistic kids. They're going to be staggered like that. Because um, autism, you don't just have autism. You have other issues too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference between between homeschooling and private public uh with our private school we don't we stagger just like i told you with those kids right there so if we see um uh, a need in a child we're not going to say oh we'll deal with it next year um we will attack we will uh, we will work with you right then and there to solve that problem because one thing you have to understand is a lot of times these kids have trouble throughout school because one, they don't stagger, and two, they don't address the problem the way it should be right then and there. If you don't address the problem right then and there, then the child's going to continue to have the problem. Mm-hmm. And then third is they don't teach the way an autistic needs to learn. The autistic, if the autistic is fixated on something, you need to let them finish what they're fixated on. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And then when they're done fixated, they're ready to move on. But it's so systematic and that that we have to interrupt the the fixated child. Then the fixated child has a total meltdown in the classroom, and then they regress. So, um, with us, we're a year-round school, meaning that we well we go year-round. We have certain breaks, um, and so if the child's getting fixated, then fine, we let them get fixated. We let them go through whatever they're fixated on, and then we'll address what it is. That we want to address when they're done with the fixation. We're encouraging them to finish what they're fixated. So with going so, year round, do they get done with school quicker then? Um, they do. They they actually um, I think we have our summer session is only a month long. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So they they get a a two. Yeah, it's a two-week break in the summer before we start back up in September again. So nice. it's elongated. But the other thing is, too, is that, yes, we have the schedule. We'll give the parent the schedule. But if that child has something that they need to do while we're we're in session and the parent is like, oh, my goodness, my child is not going to be able to do this, then we're flexible. Um, we'll work with your schedule. We have a child right now, one of our sixth graders, she's a professional actress. She's doing wow. commercials and all that stuff. So when she's on set, she's not in class. So our our teaching philosophy is this is a team effort between the teacher, the parent, and the child. So sometimes my parents are like, well, just give me the curriculum. Give me what they need to work on, and I'll have them work on it. Sometimes, you know, we just cancel plus pick them. It, it, it's truly individualized based on what the parent and the child needs. We have open communication with our parents all the time. Um, when I was teaching in a private, not private, when I was teaching in the public school system here in Texas, um, I was told 
as soon as the child comes in your classroom, don't talk to the parent. They're your child. The parents don't need to know what's going on with the child. Let them go to work and have a great day at work. And my thinking was, that does not make sense. That's not my child. <laughs> you know, I didn't give birth to that child. And I would think that a parent would want to know about their child's progress and address a problem that needs to be addressed. So that's the way I run active course. If you're going to be a parent and you're truly, truly concerned about your child, I'm going to talk to you when, um, when, uh, I'm going to talk to you anyways, but, uh, when you come to academic warriors, the first thing you do is, um, if, if you go ahead and fill out an enrollment, um, right, you register with our school. The first year reg registration is $25. After that, every year after that, it's $15. That registration gives you access to all our resources, including the Scholastic st uh, School Store that we have, where you can go and buy Scholastic stuff at a deeply discounted rate. These are resources we have that are that like Scholastic and, and Big History Project, and um, we also have uh, the Book It Program. These are stuff that are offered to schools, not homeschooling. Oh, wow. You can be a member of our school and not have your child take a single course in a year. It's, it's okay. We also offer newsletters. You get free educational consultations. Um, we, uh, we're we're community-based, meaning that we want to develop a community of parents of autistic kids and the autistic kids so that they all know they're not alone and you can lean upon me and you can lean upon the other teachers and the parents for support. You should, a parent should never be alone raising an autistic child. No. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I work directly with the parents. After they, they register with the school, I contact them. I want to, um, I'll interview the parent because I want to make sure if you're going to be a parent at Academic Warriors, you're not just going to drop your child off and say, sayonara, I don't want to know anything. I'm <laughs> off to work. If you're that parent, don't bring me your child. If you're a high maintenance parent where you're like, I have to have it everything my way, my way or the highway, that's not going to work because you have to be flexible and you have to be open-minded, especially with these kids. So, yeah. You know. Not every autistic is going to think the same way, and not every autistic is going to think like you. And they may need something different than what you think. So um, I interview the parents, and if I feel like this is a good fit for the parent and the child, then you can go ahead and register. I, you can go ahead and pay the registration fee because you don't. When you register, you don't pay the registration fee at first. I will interview you, and then if I feel you're a good fit, then I'll send you the PayPal invoice and pay it and accept you into the membership. Um, and then I, I will work with the parent to pick out the courses or the program or what, what needs to be, what they need for their child. So their hand, um, they're always guided. And then afterwards, um, if there's a course that a parent needs and they're like, well, it's not on the website, then I will create the course for that parent. And uh, if we need, and I'm always hiring teachers because I know that there's always different teachers that the kids need. So it's really a fluid and flexible thing. And you really have to be with autistic kids because no two child is alike. Oh, totally agree. Yeah. So, um, and then they roll in the course, and courses can be anywhere from three weeks to we have some.
some that are 26 weeks. Uh, just kind of depends on on what the what course they need and what the child needs. Um, we don't have a preset plan for uh, the private school option. Well, we do, but we don't. If you go on the website, you can see how many hours they get for each class. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will work the courses out as a group. So like my sixth graders, even though my sixth graders, one's in Texas and one's in South Carolina, at one time we had a California boy in there. We base the classes they're taking based on their state standards. Oh, wow. Or what, or what they need. They were taking they were taking um, sixth grade language arts, but both of them were having trouble writing essays. So I noticed that they were both needing some extra help with uh, sentence structure and grammar and stuff. So we stopped the sixth grade curriculum. We went straight back to third grade so we could pick up the skills that they need so we could press forward. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we will do that. If we see that there's a need, we're not going to let your child suffer. We're going to address it right then and there. Do you guys teach social skills as well? We do. We do. Um, We teach social skills, organization, um, analytical thinking, critical thinking. Nice. Um, we're going to be doing career explorations. Um, I have a program in mind, but I just haven't written the curriculum yet. So how do you regularly access the progress of the students? Well, I, uh, I mainly, I teach a lot of the classes. So, but, um, I have, if I'm not teaching the class, then I have a teacher, I have a weekly meeting with my teachers to see what they need, how they're going. I also um, connect my teachers with the parents, and I tell my teachers, talk to the parents. Give them the updates. And the parents can contact the teachers anytime, too. So um, there's an open communication. Also through ClassCraft, uh, we have a, a parent system in there where the parents can see how the kid is doing on ClassCraft. There's a instant messenger option as well where where the student uh, can contact a teacher at any time through ClassCraft and say, oh, I need help on this or, you know, or we give feedback or, or whatnot. So there's always a way to keep in communication with the teacher and the, and myself as well. I'm uh, All my parents have my personal cell phone number and they have my email and they know how to reach me on social media. So I'm always available. I tell my parents text me anytime i will address it i I will get back with you uh do you think special needs uh students should be mainstream as much as possible i don't i i think it depends on the child um i don't think every child should be because it kind of because every child's not the same yeah um, you have some special needs kids that need to be alone, left to their own device, left to themselves to do their work. I call them my natural born leaders. Um, these are your kids that they love to do workbooks. They are always constantly asking for more work. Uh, they, sometimes they can address it. Sometimes they can't, um, they can't verbalize it sometimes. So you really have to have to make sure. Those kids that are natural-born leaders do not need you harping over their shoulder 24-7. They just need to be left alone in a room by themselves. Give them the work and have them do the work, and they'll get it done then when you want it. That's how um, I was. <laughs> is that how you are? I was the same way, too. I was like, give me the work. Give me the work. Um, 
you do have to look over their shoulder all the time to make sure because they're easily distracted or they can't handle the social situation yet. Um, so mainstreaming them, I think the socialization is good, but I also think you need to be make sure your child is ready for it. Don't just throw your child in a social situation because you want them to, to create, have social skills. Um, I tell my parents, I give my parents two options. So your child can be in a private school setting where it's just me and your child, or you can have a small, or you can be in the classroom. Our classroom size, we do not go above 10. I will never have a class above 10. 10 is even a lot. So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm worried about 10, but you know, I, I cap it at that. Um, and if the child is not ready for a social environment, then what I do is I start them in private and then I gradually work them up. So like I'll put them in a classroom with one other kid. Okay. And then those kids will get together. Then I'll go up to, okay, I'll add three other kids. So now we have five in a classroom and four or five. And then if they're doing fine, then we go up to six or seven. And then finally we get up to 10. So if you're trying to mainstream your child and, and they're not, uh, they're not doing well with one-on-one, they're not going to do well with 10 or 20 or 30. Yeah. You got to take it slow. And then you got some of those special needs kids that are social butterflies (laughs) and that's fine. You know, the thing is, is these kids have to learn how to socialize because we're not always going to be over their shoulders when they're adults. Yeah. And if we're going to, if we're going to curb this suicide rate and, and this, uh, addiction rate that, that they have in the twenties, then they need to be taught how to socialize and to deal with their problems. So, uh, why did you become a special education teacher? You know, I didn't set out my education to do that. <laughs> I, 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 I had teachers when I was in um, my post-bac studies that told me I should be a special ed teacher, that I'm a special kind of teacher, and, and I would do well in special ed. And I kept saying, I am never going to do that. I'm never going to teach gifted. Just mainstream me. I'll be fine. And um, I was studying to be a reading specialist because my heart and soul was in uh, teaching kids how to read. I think it's so important that we have a, a, a largely literate society who can critically think and uh, come, up, come up with solutions so that they can solve some of our problems. Um, and so I was studying to be a reading specialist. And... Um, I didn't, I didn't get to finish it. I was two classes away from that because I moved out of state. And when I went to Kentucky, they didn't have that program anymore. I was like, really? Kentucky doesn't have reading specialists, but Texas does? I, I, yeah. So um, I, I didn't really get into it until um, when we moved to Indiana and we were dealing with the autism. And I, I was invited by a private school to teach because they knew what my IQ was. And they said, with my high IQ and my autism, I would understand the kids properly. And they only they only hired teachers that were gifted or autistic or, or special needs so that they would understand their student population. And when I got, I, I told my husband, I said, well, I'm teaching at a university right now. And he was like, do you really like teaching at university? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe my, my freshmen that were coming 
teaching. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I told my husband, I said, if I'm going to teach that, I might as well go to elementary and teach it. Um, and so I did, and I just, I had a couple of special needs that, that I had been teaching before, you know, one-on-one tutoring stuff. Um, but I just fell in love with it, and it really felt like home. There was just something magical about teaching it, having a teaching colleagues that understood me, having parents and students that got me, and and uh, just seeing my students with their light bulb moments. And and um, I I I'm still a certified generalist um, because I can't go back and change. You know, I can yeah. add endorsement, but it's not the same. But uh, I think my heart is towards special needs now because of the journey I've been on. So how do you stay current with special education practices? Um, well, I'm a huge member. Well, I, I'm a member of several organizations. So I look at the research um, and I read through the research and I talk to other leaders in this industry and I keep in touch with, uh, with everything. Plus in the state of Texas, I, I have to keep up with my um, CEUs, so there's always uh, there's always resources for me to continue to do so. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so, before we close, uh, anything else you want to add? Just uh, never give up on your student. <laughs> there are times when you are parenting that child, you want to bang your head against the wall and go, oh my goodness, are you crazy? <laughs> you know? Um <laughs> There are those moments. Um, there is something called chunking. And a lot of the population doesn't understand what chunking is. And uh, chunking is when your student will accumulate so much knowledge really, really fast. It's it's almost like they're, they they have this big juicy burger in front of them and they just, they just can't get enough. They just want more, 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 more. And it will be something, autistics do it all the time. When they are fixated on something, they're chunking. Meaning they're learning as much information about that one specific topic as much as possible. And if your child is chunking, don't interrupt. Feed them more what they're asking for. That, and, and, and there's no telling how long the chunking will last. I've talked to parents who are just amazed at how fast that their child gets something. There may become a time where you're like, this child is never going to get this concept I'm trying to get to them. And you have tried every which way from Sunday to teach them. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and then boom, they got it. And you're like, what? (laughs) Um, It's because they chunked. Um, And that's why uh, normal education does not work with this population because they, they don't, um, they don't go in a linear fashion when learning. You know, in the in the American public school system, um, the grades supports each other. So, like, we do a lot of repetition. So the the concepts you learn in first grade are repeated in second, and then uh, third grade is a basic of another concept, and then that's repeated in fourth, and so forth and so forth till you get to middle school, and then you don't repeat anymore. But a lot of times, these kids do not need the reputation, so they're going to skip grades. 
like, how are they skipping a grade in this one subject area, but this other subject area, we're on grade level. Yeah. Kids do it. This population does it all the time, and you just need to accept that your child is chunking, and let them do it. And um, just about when you're that time when you're about ready to give up on them, that's when they're going to shine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quit. And this is why it's so important for as parents to get the support within their communities on whether online or or you know side by side of other parents who have autistic children or children the gifted do it too you know 95% of gifted kids have a disability somewhere wow. whether it's physical mental educational their brains are not balanced so another common concept in the public school system is to diagnose a kid as gifted but totally ignore the learning disability or is in my case where they fully totally focused on the learning disability and completely missed the gifted with academic warriors we do both we focus on both you have to focus on both to give them balance so if your child is is if you're in the public school system and your child's been diagnosed with one or the other then find out the other and address it so that they can have stable and also realize that no two child are alike (laughs) what works for johnny may not work for jill yeah (laughs) and that's okay it is well we sure do appreciate you coming on to the show today well thank you for having me i truly enjoyed it yeah i enjoyed it too thank you so much you're welcome. If anyone ever needs any talk or are interested in Academic Warriors, um, they can find me. Um, you can find me on uh, academicwarriors.com. Okay. There's a contact sheet there. You can email me anytime. Um, I'm also, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, thanks again for coming on. You're welcome.